Hi there, this is Mike Eastman extending you a warm welcome to our weekly podcast. And this week we continue our series in Revelation, now at chapters 17 and 18. Now you may remember that Revelation means to uncover, to unveil, or to reveal something that was previously hidden. But as we reach these last chapters of the Bible, the last words given to us by Jesus, we come across what has often been called the tale of two cities. The New Jerusalem, prepared by God and for God, is revealed in the following chapters as the spotless bride and Babylon, prepared by people and against God is revealed here in chapters 17 and 18 as the great prostitute. And perhaps at this point you are wondering, what's going on here? I don't want to see a prostitute. Why so graphic? And the answer lies in the text. We marvel at the beauty, the wealth, the power of the world that we live in. It was Charles Spurgeon who once said, that the reason the church has so little influence over the world is because the world has so much influence over the church. Words that ring true even more so today, some 130 years later. We need the shocking truth to be revealed. We need to see that behind all the economic, political and social security offered by the world we live in, is the great whore of seduction, riding the beast of persecution. And the cry from heaven goes out to me and to you, come out of her, my people, lest we share in her fate. Remember how the revelation began. Back in the opening words, we read, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. And this is my prayer for our time together now. Would you pray with me? Lord God Almighty, salvation, glory and power belong to you. For true and just are your judgments. Lord, I ask you to be with each and every person listening to this message. Please bless those of us who hear your word and take to heart what is written in it. As we look forward to the day of your return. Lord, I ask you now that you strengthen me to speak your truth with clarity and to the glory of your Son, for it's in his name that I pray. Amen. So please have your Bibles open at Revelation chapters 17 and 18. For we are going to look at what the text is saying. And then we might spend some time thinking through what it means for us today. So I invite you now to join me at verse 1 of chapter 17. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. With her... The kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There 
I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. John sees a high-class woman who has seduced the nations, the rulers and the inhabitants of the earth with beauty, wealth, luxury and comfort. Here, there are many peoples, one in idolatry. And after looking closer, John realises that this woman herself is drunk, not with wine, but rather with the blood of God's people. You see, everyone in the world of the beast and his woman either succumbs to seduction or faces persecution. So why a prostitute, we ask? And why is she called Babylon the Great? So the bigger question is who What or where does this woman and beast represent? This depiction of a prostitute evokes the language of the Old Testament prophets, language that is not all about sex, but rather about idolatry. The prophets Isaiah and Ezekiel even speak of Jerusalem, once the faithful city, becoming a prostitute by adopting the idols and the practices of the nations surrounding them, which included Babylon. Later in Isaiah chapter 23, the city of Tyre is the prostitute who will ply her trade with all the kingdoms on the face of the earth. The prophet Nahum describes Nineveh, the Assyrian capital, as a whore who enslaved nations by her prostitution and peoples by her witchcraft. In the book of Proverbs, we're introduced to two women, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Lady Folly being the adulteress, the prostitute, who imitates wisdom, deceives and leads many astray, ultimately to their death. Of course, this is with the purpose of warning the reader to steer clear of her ways. And this is the warning that we can take from John's vision. You see, if we make the mistake of thinking that adultery and prostitution is limited to sexual activity, then we deceive ourselves. For the seductress that we see here almost takes John himself in. He is astonished. He's in awe of what he sees. 
Now, there's no lust or sexual interest being referred to here. There's other words for that. But what is hinted at here is much worse. Was John beginning to marvel at the woman in the same way the rest of the earth was? Let's be honest. Who doesn't look at people with success and status and accomplishment in the world and think, I want to know a little bit more about them. I want what they have. I respect that person. You know, maybe you make your choices in clothing or in what you say, how you act, the choices that you make based on what you have picked up on from your favourite actor, musician, athlete. So who do you follow? Because according to God's word, if the answer is not Jesus, then you are following the prostitute and the beast. Come out of her, my people. She is named Babylon the Great. And Babylon is a city with a long, long history in the Bible. A city that symbolizes man's rebellion against God. You might remember when we first encounter Babylon in the Bible, and that's back in Genesis chapter 11. There it's called Babel. It was in Babel that the world's people said, Come, let us build a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. And we can say that this is the spirit of Babylon. The spirit of Babylon that says, not God's name, but mine. Not God's will, but mine. This is perhaps expressed best by the once king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, who would say, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence? And get this, by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. That's in Daniel chapter 4. Now the great city of Babylon laid in ruins when John was receiving this vision. So, if this was not the literal city of Babylon, then what city fits the description that's given? And this question has been hotly debated ever since John's vision was put into writing. Perhaps the most accepted interpretation has been that the woman represented Rome. And as the description unfolds in later verses, there is no doubt that for John and the early church, the great prostitute was the city of Rome, and the beast she rides was the Roman Empire. But as we've seen, the prostitute and the beast symbolize seduction and persecution that can be found in any city that's been built by human hands. Of course, we now know that a couple of hundred years after John and the first readers of this letter reached the end of their own lives, Rome too reached the end of hers. 
but not in the way that the following verses describe. Babylon the Great lives on. And even today, many compare nations like the USA to Babylon. May I suggest here that as we see in verse 9, this calls for a mind with wisdom. And it would serve us well to be alert to the signs of seduction in the world around us. And when we find ourselves marvelling at anything that is not Jesus, to heed the words from heaven, to come out of her, my people, because she, with her kings and the beast, and I'm now reading from verse 14, will wage war against the lamb, but the lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And with him will be his called, chosen and faithful followers. You see, no matter how great a king or even many kings think they may be, no matter how mighty an army may seem, Jesus is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. He wins. And the battle was always his to win. And he calls his chosen people to reign with him. The question now is, are you with Jesus? Because if you are not, then the fate of the prostitute will be shared by you. From verse 15. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw, where the prostitute sits, are peoples, multitudes, nations and languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to hand over to the beast their royal authority until God's words are fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Another angel then comes, and when he comes, he lights up the whole earth, shouting, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling for demons and a haunt for every impure spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable animal. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. The prostitute's destruction is a fitting one. And this description again uses the language of Old Testament prophecy. God has before used the betrayal of unfaithful lovers to punish unfaithfulness. While Rome once ruled the kings of the earth, it was God who ruled Rome and her enemies. 
the kingdom of the world, that is the world and everything in it, will one day belong to Jesus, unchallenged. And until that day, the call from heaven is to come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Pour her a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torment and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart she boasts, I sit enthroned as queen. I am not a widow. I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her. Death, mourning and famine. She will be consumed by fire. For mighty is the Lord God who judges her. For the called, chosen and faithful followers of Jesus can see beyond the seduction and the persecution of the world and look to the one who has already won the battle. How will you respond to the call of Jesus? Well, what follows here in verse 9 is a response. Not a response to the call of Jesus, but a response to the fall of Babylon. What John hears after seeing his vision is a sort of dirge, a funeral song, lamenting the fall of Babylon. I ask you to look back a little bit now. Remember back in chapters 4 and 5 of Revelation. John was carried up to the throne room of God and there he saw the heavenly worship of Jesus. It was there that the four creatures, the elders, the angels and all of creation after them, joining in praise for the one who sits on the throne and for Jesus, the Lamb. The eternal worship service in heaven is day and night without ceasing. Well, here in Revelation 18, we see a sort of worldly worship service involving the kings of the earth, the merchants, the captains and sailors, and all on the earth who had been seduced by the economic, political, and social security offered by Babylon. A worship service for a false god. How long does this worship service last? Just one hour. You see, there is a day coming when the seductions and the persecutions of this world will be thrown down like a millstone into the sea. The question to ask ourselves is where will we be on that day? Have we come out from Babylon? 
because in this tale of two cities, only one is left standing. And even before receiving this vision, John wrote these words in his first letter to the churches. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So which city are you standing in? And how does your life show where you stand? This may look different for each of us. And while the things that seduce you may vary depending on where you live, what you do, who you have around you, the call to come out of the world remains. Come out of her, my people. And Jesus doesn't only invite you to come out of the world, he invites you to come into his kingdom. In the next chapter of Revelation, chapter 19, and we'll look at that in more detail next week, John hears what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. The angel then told John, Write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this I fell to his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Will you worship God? John Piper has said it this way, Don't worship the wealth of Babylon. Don't worship the power of Babylon. Don't worship the pleasures of Babylon. And don't even worship the holy messenger who brings you the news that Babylon has fallen forever. Worship God. I'm going to close our time in prayer now. Will you join me? Lord God Almighty, we turn to you as the one who holds the future in his hands. We acknowledge that we've so easily turned to the world and the security that it offers, and we respond now to your call to get out and to come to Jesus. We thank you that it is Jesus who you have made King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that we can come to him for the strength that we need to endure. 
It's in his name that we worship you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. Next week, we will be continuing our studies in Revelation with Josh Ling taking us through Revelation chapter 19. If you'd like to get in touch with us, or if you're interested in joining our Sunday or midweek meetings, check out our website or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Bye for now.